0: passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics. and this is Drive-By.
1: Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is my guest. We are the Mics on Mics and this the best wrestling podcast you haven't heard of until right now. Mike, another week in the books. NXT was put on sci fi, as you said just a moment ago. The what? The channel they put ECW on. So
2: that's a good sign. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up last week. Um, and, and last week had a little bit. <sighs> Uh, 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 some more things to get into anyway on the other side. So this week, right before recording, I'm like, Mike, we're going to talk NXT, obviously, but Olympics kind of pushed them from USA network to sci-fi. And that kind of made me realize, Oh, this is why both these shows were pre-taped because they're just trying to get through them. And I get it. You know, you're not on your main network. People don't at this point, (laughs) in my opinion, don't intentionally search sci-fi out anyway.
2: (laughs) Not only that, but pre-tape and send your people home for two fucking weeks, man. You know what I mean? Like, pre-tape, send your people home for two weeks. Take a couple weeks off, guys.
1: Yep, they did some good story building, had a few decent matches. Let's just get right into it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, NXT pre-taped, spoilers out there, I'll hit the high points. We we had some good matches. They weren't, like, crazy good, like, takeover-level matches, but they were entertaining, and that's all we really asked for here on Drive-By, right?
2: That is true.
1: We had uh, Hit Row in the uh, form of Ashante Adonis and Top dollar taking on Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild of Legado del Fantasmo. Um, Hit Row gets win. They're keeping these guys strong. Uh, they got a win with a DQ because eventually... A chair is introduced and uh, Escobar comes in and uses the chair. And then we get Logo- Logado Del Fantasma getting the upper hand. And then uh, her name's B-Fab, the female of the group, actually comes out and hits, I think, Escobar with the chair. Uh, long story short, they had a, you know afterbirth to the match. Which led to Escobar pulling the grill out of Swerve's uh, bottom did you, teeth. Did you just wait? And then getting wait, the shit beat out of them.
2: So what did you just say? They added what to the match? An afterbirth. That's a Jim Cornette term. I apologize. I thought you said afterbirth. I know what you mean. I just wanted to make sure you said afterbirth. <laughs> I totally said afterbirth. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, yeah, you know. So they're continuing this feud with top. Or I'm sorry, with Hit Row getting a win. Uh, we get a basic squash match between Ridge Holland and Ike Manjuro. That's the jacket guy that we've uh, discussed. This was, again, to establish Holland returning to the roster after injury to reestablish the group, maybe, of Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and Ridge Holland. Mike, have you heard the latest rumor with uh, in regards to some talent and Pete Dunne?
2: The latest rumor is Pete Dunne. What I saw was Pete Dunne, the future of NXT is pretty much Pete Dunne, is what I saw. Well, the rumor that I'm referring
1: to is along with Adam Cole, Pete Dunne's another one. Like, oh, we didn't know his contract. Listen, the only way I buy that is they recently fired the man known as, uh, what is it, Canyon Seaman?
2: Yeah, no, last I heard was that Pete Dunne, and this was just yesterday, Pete Dunne has informed them that he intends to re-sign and is actively, like, purposely doing this because he wants to be NXT champion.
1: Okay, well, that's that's beyond what I've heard, so I like that. Uh, I, the point I was trying to make is... The only way that I see this, we didn't know these contracts were going out being legit is if this dude really just dropped the ball and it was all on him and that's why he's not there anymore. I mean, that would make sense as to why he's not there anymore, right? Yeah. So we'll take that. And we'll take that for what it's worth. I just don't necessarily believe that these contracts just keep happening to run out and this company had no idea, but whatever. Um, w- in regards to Pete Dunn. What do you think? Like, is this a guy that should stay with NXT, with WWE under that banner? Is he a guy that, I mean, let's be real. I mean, he could go anywhere. But I feel like he would go either to an AEW in New Japan. Um, Would any of those benefit him? Because it's not like this is a dude that's not being used right. Because I actually, it amazes me the amount of people who when contracts come up, that's just a term thrown out. Well, they're not used right there, so get them out of there. Like, Adam Cole, actually, I've heard that. Not used right. Like, are you kidding me? And Pete Dunne, same thing. Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Pete Dunne, look, Pete Dunne is interesting in the fact that he could probably go anywhere in the world and be a superstar except the WWE main roster. Right. And I feel that way about Adam Cole also.
1: Well, and here, see, I don't necessarily feel that way about Adam Cole. They're the the size of
2: children, Paul. uh,
1: Yes, he's small. We've discussed this last week. Uh, But he's got a promo skill that's almost unmatched. I think you would agree
2: with that. I do, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That That man's fucking insane. The man that runs that company is fucking insane, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good of a fucking promo you are. The man is fucking I insane.
1: I can't necessarily disagree with that. We'll talk a little bit more about Adam Call off air, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I love doing that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Pete Dunn, I, I mean, he's a. I know a lot of these guys are Triple H guys, but Pete Dunn is like legit a Triple H guy. And I've heard that he also produces a lot of stuff at NXT, so Triple H has constantly been kind of grooming people to just step in as replacements for when he steps up to the big show, which, you know, is eventually going to come, and making sure that NXT is left in good hands. And I think that Pete Duns is is just one of those guys on that list, and I don't actually... I don't think he's going anywhere is I'm, I'm, I'm saying a lot of words to get to that point.
2: Well, here's the other thing. Pete Dunn's only 27 years old, right? Yep. Pete Dunn's young enough that he has the time to like, you know, man, maybe I'll stick with this company for a little bit. See what happens. Maybe, maybe, maybe Paul takes over here in a couple few years, you know, I'll see what happens. It's not in like a, when well, that's a point where it's like, Man, I've got like he's a he's not at that point where like Adam Cole's at where it's like, man, I probably got at best ten years of this at a high level. So I need to like figure it out now. Um, yeah,
1: I also I don't even like, think Adam can... Cole's
2: thirty-two and twenty-seven yeah. to thirty-two. That's a big five-year gap, man. That's a big five-year gap for those of you that aren't twenty-seven to thirty-two yet. <laughs> That's, like, those are the five years your body decides it's going to turn on you. For those of you after 32, you already know that. It wasn't for me. Those five years for me were 30 to 35, though, because, like, I fucking, like, age differently than everyone. But um, those are, like, a weird five years for you, man. Like, as a fucking adult human being, like, your body starts to, like... Man, like, you ain't got it anymore. Like, you just ain't got it like you used to anymore. So, you know, like, one of them's got five years to give, Paul. The other one doesn't.
1: I I actually would disagree with that. I think that I while I understand what you're saying, Adam Cole is on the further end of that spectrum. I still think he's one that could sit and look at it the way you just said. Like, I mean, Paul could be in charge of this soon. You know what I mean? So maybe, maybe I – make a big money play, and then Maybe. you know, go from there.
2: But Maybe. Who knows? But uh, not when your friends and your girlfriend are all in the other company.
1: Well, here's the other thing. I find it weird that Adam Cole apparently has no friends in WWE slash NXT because that's what I keep hearing. All his friends are in AEW. Um, well, it's not that
2: it's all his Pretty sure friends. he has a
1: lot of friends in he's WWE. got a lot of friends
2: <laughs> in WWE, but let's be real. <laughs> um, his The people he's been friends with For, like, the long haul. You know, he's... He's a fucking member of the elite. Let's, like, not fuck around, okay? Let's not fuck around. He's a member of the elite. Like, that's... Yeah, I'll throw this other
1: one out, too. Now, I know wrestling's different. Because you travel, you're on the road a lot. But, good thing that our uh, wives don't listen to this show. Mike... If you had a choice to work with your wife and be around her 24-7 all the time, would
2: you do it? As opposed to, like, right now, where he... How much do you think he sees her now? Let's, like, get a a reasoning, like, here. How much do you think he, he sees her now?
1: Right now, I'm guessing probably a lot, but probably four or
2: five days a week. Four or five days a week, you think?
1: Yeah, probably.
2: Um... Yeah, that's a great point, man. That's a great fucking point. <laughs> we
1: can just leave it at that.
2: That's a great point. Does that also mean though, like, I get to hang out with my best friends every day though too, and travel with them? Like, yeah, yeah. So, but like,
1: have you ever tried to hang out with your best friends and your girlfriend?
2: Yeah, man, it's not a hangout. It's a couple's thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just looking that, at this. You ever the... see that show, Man Seeking Woman? No. Okay, um, first of all, if you've never seen the show Man Seeking Woman, I highly recommend watching it to everyone out there. It ran for about three years on FX in, like, the mid-20-teens. Um, brilliant fucking show that skewers, like, the single-man mind frame, like, like... But, like, there's things they say in it. Like, at one point, the dude, the main character guy, he gets, like, a girlfriend, and he's, like, in that zone where all he wants to do is hang out with his girlfriend. His best friend just Mm -hmm. wants to hang out, man. And he's like, he's like, I tell you what, man, we'll come over Saturday night. And he's like, what's this? We'll come over Saturday night. and He's like, me and her. And he's like, no, no, that doesn't make it a hangout. That makes it a couple's thing. And he's like, it's not a couple's thing because it's just you and us. And he's like, no, that still makes it a couple's thing. I'm just not a couple. That's not a hangout. You goddamn well know it. And you're right. (laughs) It's not a hangout. It's not a hangout. And what's crazy is women don't understand that. Nope. Women don't understand that where it'll be like, I don't want you to come. Like my, like I, one of my best friends is a dude named Mike Plow right? And he lives in like the Youngstown area. And I rarely get to see Mike Plow right? And Mike and I have like deep, interesting conversations about shit that I don't have like conversations with about anyone else, right? With anyone else. So when I hang out with Mike, the few times that I see him, like, every couple years, I just want to hang out with Mike, right? But he lives by my grandparents, so, like, we'll go up to visit my grandparents, and my wife's like, oh, we should go see Mike. And I'm like, we're not going to go see Mike. You're just going to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, no offense to my wife. I love my wife. And it's not just her. Right. I feel that way about anyone. I don't want anyone to come with me when I go hang out with Mike. You're going to fucking ruin it. Right.
1: Yep. And that's no, kind of I, how it is. I feel you 100%. You're right. I'm but... just tossing all that all out
2: right. there. All right. I'm not going to say anything. i just – I feel you. Okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, Roddy Strong took I on think Bobby everyone Fish. Right
2: now, a... I think everyone right now assumes they don't see each other at all.
1: Yeah, no, and they totally do. I mean, he, she's working, what, one day a week and then has her practice, so she's probably the one that's gone more. It, they probably have the typical, like, I don't even want to say nine to five, like, living together situation, but probably close to that. I bet you he sees her more than I see my wife and you see your wife.
2: Oh, you think? Like, man... I don't think a lot of people see their wife less than I see my wife.
1: Yeah, except maybe me. So we're probably about the same. Uh, we, we get weekends, uh, guys. We're like, we're like, my, we're like divorced my, parents with kids, but it's here's with our wives. Here is my question
2: to you, Mike: Do you see your wife at Tuesday through Friday?
1: <laughs> I do. Do you? But only for like.
2: A few hours. A few hours, right? A few hours. Like, like one and a half to two a day. Hey. But you see her, right? You get to hug her. Yeah. Kiss her. Yeah. Go to bed go to bed next to her, maybe even one of the, two of those nights. Yeah. 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 I don't see my wife from Monday at ten o'clock when she goes to bed until Saturday at eleven o'clock when I wake up. <laughs> yep yeah you probably got it worse for that like that situation like i don't like i might as well work out of town still like (laughs) like what the fuck did i quit pipelining for like that's (laughs) why i quit i was like just tired never seeing my wife still not ever seeing my wife here we are making significantly less money. What the fuck am I doing? Holy shit guys, I might be going back to pipelining. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: we're changing lives. Uh Roddy Strong versus Bobby Fish. Again, fine match. Um I wish we would understand as a viewer what Roddy and Bobby like the problem that they have, right? Because, like, we never really expounded on Yo, what, it. Bobby what Bobby just kind of stepped to Roddy, and it was like, yeah, we don't like each other. Fuck you, fuck you, okay. I, I don't know why.
2: And that's how it was. It was, like, very much like a... Like, I don't like you now. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's like, groups over, fuck
2: you. Okay, well, fuck I you. mean... Groups over, the other two are fighting each other. So be it. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I, I,
1: kind of... A little bit uh, maybe lazy storytelling, like with a group's over, so we'll just have everyone fight each other, but we don't; we only have a reason for two of them. I don't, know. Um, I don't know.
2: Maybe they'll listen to this show and realize they need to give us a reason.
1: And I have to say it just because if that was how it was done on the other channel, I'd be super critical of it, so I'm being critical of it here. Uh, but the match was good. Uh, Roddy Strong gets the win. Robert Fish eating some losses. Uh, Cameron Grimes and LA Knight team up. To take on a Grizzled Young Vets. This is a result of the little uh, golf skit that we got last week. Uh, GYV gets the win. Grimes, of course, is left laying from LA night afterwards. And Ted DiBiase comes out and consoles Grimes and carries him back and tells him that he needs to look out for himself and this guy doesn't have your back. And, you know, good, good stuff there for storytelling. This, Mike this was great. I know that you're not a fan of One Miss Dakota Kai, but they did a pre-tape with her telling her story, her reasoning behind turning on Raquel Gonzalez, and if there's one thing that WWE knocks out of the park almost every time, it's these sit-down storytelling vignettes, I guess. This was fantastic and immediately made me want to see this match, so check that out if you get a chance um they do it again later in the night with uh a prime target with Walter and Dragonoff, which is gonna be their second match wow that's and gonna again, be amazing <laughs> that segment that that's honest prime to God. was also fantastic that's my match of the year so far oh yeah oh yeah uh another another match in the NXT breakout tournament Trey Baxter that's uh that's Spun mini sponge, um, Buddy Murphy, if we recall, uh, against Joe Gacy. Um, Joe Gacy's a big boy, uh, Baxter's a little flyer, and Baxter got the win. He'll be taking on Odyssey Jones, so I don't be curious to see how that works out. Um,
2: Odyssey Jones sounds like the name of an indie wrestler.
1: (laughs) The match was fine, uh. So we get our main event. And I don't mean that in a bad way.
2: I just mean that that's not like the type of name you usually hear on like WWE NXT programming.
1: Yeah, no, I like it. I actually like it. Uh, Love her, leave her match. Johnny Gargano against Dexter Loomis. If Johnny won, Loomis was out of the picture. If Loomis won, then Johnny and Candice had to give him a chance to be with Indy and possibly be in the group. Uh, this was a Johnny Gargano match, so it was fun, it was enjoyable, it was a, you know, an A-match, A A-plus match, a+ match, whatever you want to call it, but Gargano working...
2: wins. Can I have a, uh, I got a question about this match. Um. Yeah. Did he work some kind of, like, little, like, comedic flares into it? <laughs> Which one? Johnny or Dexter or both? Uh, I guess both, ultimately. I was thinking Johnny at the time. He does, like, a lot of, like, little funny things in his matches here his. lately I've noticed as a heel he does like comedic work within yeah. that and Dexter Loomis's character I would assume allows for a lot of that with Johnny
1: yeah we did like the I'm trying to think of how this works I didn't write it down running but scared where Loomis, Loomis kind of like Loomis went out of the ring and it was under the ring and Johnny's like running around with that crazy face checking not exiting the ring but trying to check the apron on each side you know mm-hmm. things like that um, yeah, he's great at it, and Dexter plays his character perfectly as well, but Gargano gets the win, and this was fantastic, okay, so the match was great, like I said, but they're, like, kind of carting India out of there, it's over, he's out of your life, Dexter's laying in the ring, you know, they're kind of walking up the ramp, and she's all dejected, and Johnny's got his hand on her back, Candace is kind of walking, they're trying to, like, escort her out right and they're almost all the way up the ramp and she just turns around sprints to the ring slides in like lutez presses uh dexter loomis and just starts making out with him on the mat uh the crowd went nuts you know kind of just that big pop uh for the small crowd that they have in the cwc and they just keep rolling around and making out with each other it was a really fun ending to the show uh we got Wade Barrett yelling uh, about how disgusting it is. You got Johnny Gargano mid match coming over to Beth Phoenix and telling her this is all her fault. <laughs> so it was good stuff all around. Um, a fine episode, nothing to knock you down with. Uh, it was a get through the sci fi, the sci fi switch. We're going to give you a couple decent matches. We're going to tell you some stories, but we're not going to knock your socks off because we got
2: other stuff coming. All right, sounds like uh, NXT. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said, nothing poor quality, just nothing to rock your world. Let's take a break. Uh, let's see if anything rocked on the other channel. I know one thing I definitely want to talk about in particular. Hang tight, we will be right back.
0: This show has more leg slaps than WWE and AEW combined. Wait, why? Because it's funny. Leg slaps. Jesus, Triple H, Christ! You, you guys really wanted me to read this garbage? Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yikers! I'm recording.
1: This is Drive By. All right, Mike, it's your time to shine.
2: AEW Dynamite, what do you have? So, we open with the Third Labor of Jericho, Jericho versus Hoovy in 2021. What a weird fucking year for wrestling, man. <laughs> um Uh, so I'm just going to go to my notes here. Um, they literally just called Cody Black the light versus the darkness. Fuck off, Cody. Um, (laughs) also, I don't understand the rules of this match. It's like Jericho couldn't pin him at certain times. Like, he would go to make a three count. And Aubrey Edwards would be like, no, man, you know the rules. So, like, I, maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough at the start of the show. Um, I know for a fact I was putting together a hamburger, so. Uh, That's
1: that... a logical and acceptable reason to uh, miss things.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I might have missed whatever the rules were, but there were twice where Jericho went for a pin and Aubrey was like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I want to interrupt for a
1: real-life story, okay? Okay. So you just made me think of this, and I just have to share it with our audience and you because I think you appreciate it. So I have decided this year to grow my own tomatoes, just like you like to grow vegetables, Mike, right?
2: Yes. I am also a fan of botany. <laughs> and I don't know, you know.
1: I'm not a big veggie guy, but man, there is nothing better than a homegrown tomato. My dad has grown them for oh. years.
2: Huh, I'm with you on that, my man. I'd eat them right from the garden. <laughs> Just go out to the garden, right. grab one, yep. wipe it off, and eat it like it's a fucking apple.
1: Yep, so my, my tomato plants are going absolutely insane. I got some that are six foot, some that are they're so big and so top-heavy, I can't even brace them anymore, so I just got to hope they keep doing okay. Uh, anyway, our first one that turned red, I took it off the vine, and my wife was like, oh, I got burgers specifically for our first tomato. So my wife made some... Uh, smoked applewood bacon in the oven. I went down and threw these couple burgers on the grill. She found these buns at Kroger's. Shout out Kroger's. I fucking I, hate Kroger's, I'm be real man.
2: You had me worried when you were like my wife made and I was about to be like, "Bro, you let your wife grill?" No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we'll get to that
1: point. Hold on. So, my wife found these buns at Kroger's that we never had before. They're Kroger brand, but they were I don't know how to explain it. They were soft and hard, the perfect amount. Does that make sense? Yes. And they just had this fantastic flavor. Anyway. It was a long ass day. I got home from work Monday, my longest day. My wife's even like, babe, if you want, I'll just cook these inside. I said, the fuck you will. We got this burger, we got this tomato. They're going on to grill. So I got home, showered. It's like I don't care what it takes, I'm going to grill in these bad boys. So I grill the burgers. Tomato, fresh cut, bacon, this awesome bun. Mike, I bit that burger, and I'm pretty sure I come to my pants.
2: That good, huh?
1: Dude, it was fantastic. So much so that I texted my wife the next day and said, all I can think about is eating that burger, and that's usually not what I text her about wanting to eat.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, (laughs) we got more, um... And we have one tomato I'm hoping that'll last because I don't think the other ones are going to turn in time for this weekend. But I just wanted to throw that in because, man, I'm hungry for a burger right now. Thank you, Mike.
2: All right. Uh, So post-match, this was a dope match. Uh, There was a top-rope Judas. See, this is why I don't understand the fucking rules, right? So he hits a top-rope Judas effect. Right. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't allowed to use a Judas effect was the rules. I don't know. But a top rope Judas effect isn't technically a Judas effect, right? Dude, Top Rope Judas Effect was fucking sweet. Like. (laughs) Like, it was fucking sweet, man. This was not like a great match to start. The back half of it was pretty good. Uh, I was entertained. Post-match Wardlow wrecks both guys. He's labor four with MJF in his corner. After that, we got the Lucha Bros. That I, I saw
1: a review of this match that said It looked more like Chris Jericho was in labor
2: Than going through a labor That's valid um, <laughs> the, uh, the Lucha Bros were with that dude they're always with Pac's flight got cancelled somehow uh, Adolo and Chavo pop in uh, Offer them jobs again They decline. We don't fucking work for anyone They've had enough of this, dude. I want to see these motherfuckers wrestle, man. I want to see it. I Want to see it. <laughs> um, Dark Order with Tony. Uh, Adam Page says uh shows up. He's like, look, I'm gonna fix things, but like I think we need to go our separate ways. Like I got I gotta like do this on my own. And like you know, uh, Adam Silver gets all upset, but Uh, Uno's like, hey, look, guys, like we gotta just do what he asked and give him what he wants, okay? Like, we got to just, like, we got to support him, and the best way to do that is to, like, you know, we got to do what he wants. He wants to, to like, go his own way. Like, like we got to do it. Uh, after that, Mox, uh, Darby, and Eddie Kingston took on, in my notes I have some fucking guys, uh, 2.0 and Garcia. Um, 2.0 is
1: Ever-Rise.
2: Yes, 2.0 is Ever-Rise. And um, uh, I think the kid's name is uh, Brian Garcia. I-, I went back and checked out some Daniel of his shit. Garcia. Daniel Garcia, yeah, he was uh, he put on a hell of a show. I went back and checked out some of his work on YouTube last night when I got home from work. Uh, kid can fucking go, man. Kid can fucking go. Uh, these three guys is like a nice little faction coming in. I mean, we don't need another faction, but maybe. 80, but we're starting another show. Still got to put on seventeen matches for Dark. So. <laughs> um,
1: That's completely necessary, if you ask me. I,
2: I I thought it was weird that these guys, like, the whole point of this match was these guys apparently just, like, called out three random top guys, two random top guys in Eddie Kingston. And yep, I saw the I, promo. Yep. I, Eddie Kingston is technically a top guy in this company, I, I, I guess. Um... They just were like, "Yeah, we want to fight these three. And so those three were like, "Yeah, we'll come out and fight these guys." This is, you know, entertaining enough. It's comedy heavy, but like not in a way that bothered me. It was it, it, it was um it was more about like these three guys just being like, "Oh shit, it's sting." Like things like that. Um I just found <laughs> it like entertaining. After that, there's a video package on Team Taz and Brian Cage. Whoop did he whoop did he do? um uh elite good brothers uh are gonna give title shots to dark order next week um these guys are fucking great at making you hate them just absolutely fucking great at it um christian versus the blade not bad christian wins nothing to talk about really too much there Uh, After that, we get a video on the Santana Ortiz FTR feud. This is actually a pretty good little video package here. Um, Tony and Britt in the ring. Red Velvet uh, shows up. She wants a title shot. Britt's going to give her one at the Rampage debut. Uh, Post-match, she beats this chick's ass. (laughs) Like, verbally handled her also. Like, verbally handled her. And then... uh, uh, and then beat her ass after the match, after the like the promo. Um, Adam Page and Tony uh, in the ring, the Elite interrupt, words are exchanged, then they proceed to just kick the shit out of Adam Page. Dark Order comes out for the save, but Uno and Grayson run in front of them and stop them. Say no, this is what Adam wants. Uh, Kazarian comes out for the save, but he's he's massively outnumbered. The further beatdown ensues. Um, Dan Lambert of American Top Team is still mad. He's going <laughs> to be at Rampage with some backup. Cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you know, I talked to some people about his last appearance. Apparently, they were making fun of Jim Cornette with that. That's what the, that's what that was. Okay. <laughs> with all the, you, you new guys doing your flip-flops, you got nothing on the old school people, all that. That was apparently to make fun of Cornette.
1: All right.
2: Yeah, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so, Dan Lambert, Cool. Uh, Miro versus Lee Johnson TNT title match. I I really enjoyed this. They did a good job of showcasing Lee, even though he lost. Uh, you know, sometimes losing gets you over. Both guys looked strong. Uh, Miro made him look real good in the back half of the match. Um, I guess maybe if you watch only one match on TV this week, um, uh this would probably be the one from this show. Let me look back on it. I don't know, maybe watch Jericho vs. Hoobie for the Jericho vs. Hoobie of it all. Um, but, if like, this is probably the match. Um, for the first time, I watched the commercials on AEW, or at least paid attention to them as I fast-forwarded through them. Because uh, there was a rumor, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> pretty heavy in the cir- circle circles the wrestling circles that I've been keeping lately. Um right. There was a Paps commercial with Matt Cardona, uh, Brian Myers, Chelsea Green, and Swabble. The whole, the whole, major whatever fucking group. Um, this was fucking weird, funny shit, man. This is this is weird and it funny. It was bad. Um, no, I thought it was great. Like it was supposed to be bad. That's like the point, man. Like it was supposed to be bad. <sighs> Um, yeah, but here's, here's my take on it. <laughs> okay.
1: Like, I didn't understand now, and don't get me wrong. Cause I know the podcast. I, 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 I get what they were going for from that aspect of it. They got all their gimmicks in there. Right. But yeah. like, if, even if you're a wrestling fan and you don't know, like, the cardona stuff like this just didn't make any sense and i wasn't sure it wasn't supposed what to make we sense were Mike, we
2: selling we're selling packs i it wasn't okay. supposed to make sense it wasn't supposed to make <sighs> I... sense and also I... here's the thing it wasn't for you it wasn't for you mike the commercial wasn't at all for you not a single <laughs> Wait, bit of that commercial okay. was for you okay hold on so does
1: PBR make so much money that they can afford to make an ad and then put ad time into something that doesn't even really promote their product? Oh, dude, PBR kills it.
2: You don't know that? PBR is a hipster beer, bro. Oh, I know that. They got, like, they got like the market on lockdown. Shit. Yeah, it's all... Here's what's crazy, bro. It's it's all... Okay, so... um, I, I We're going to get into like my weekend at King of the Death match at the end of this. Um, but, uh, all anyone drinks there is PBR, dog. This was a specifically designed commercial to further build their brand with the audience they know they have. Okay. Like, like, did did they probably blow a fuck ton of money on this to get this on, like, primetime cable? Yeah, probably, man. But also, I feel like they probably kind of cut a pretty sweet deal. 'Cause they go hard for AEW and indie wrestling on their social medias. Yeah, they do. They they do. Hard for them. uh, (laughs) Like this commercial simply was done and let me tell you what, man, this is also a community that is into absurd things. Absurdity. Absurdity. And they knew like PBR, this commercial was only done to further like sell themselves to like the people like the this was for the hardcores, man. This wasn't for the casuals.
1: Look, if that makes I can make sense. PBR in my basement
2: for about, no. You know. Dude, look, am I saying it's good beer? <laughs> fuck no. I don't like beer, Here's... but I like even when I liked beer, fuck no. That shit was gross, man. But it's like every show, do I have, do, am, am I rolling up with an 18 rack of fucking PBR in our, in our 740 cooler? Hell yeah, I am. I'm passing (laughs) out beers for everyone, man. Fuck. Yes. Okay? It wasn't for you. This was like a direct, like, we're furthering our stronghold in this market. Um, Okay. I'm going to take your word on it. So after that, Tony with Christian. Christian's the new number one contender. Man, this is some bullshit. Let me tell you what. Um, It's all right. I'm going to follow the story. I'm going to follow the story. I'll give you the story
1: for this part. Christian's going to be another loss so that the debuts of CM Punk and possibly Daniel Bryanson don't overshadow anything else big that could have happened. Sorry, Christian. Thanks for coming.
2: We all know he's losing. (laughs) Um, Bunny with the Hardy family versus Layla Hirsch. She's with the best friends. Uh, Hirsch wins. Uh, Camille enters the ring. Camille's fucking terrifying, man. (laughs) <laughs> that's death by snoo snoo right there my man like <laughs> that was like... the ba- i i okay
1: so i didn't start watching until the pbr commercial okay okay and uh that's all i had time to get in and i wanted to get the main event in um i started to watch this match and it was so bad that i just fast-forwarded through it Diving and then it i stopped when I, I saw the giant woman or what looked like the giant woman compared to uh leah and I was intrigued by the size difference in a lot of ways It made me feel weird. And then I watched from there.
2: I did not watch the match. Um, You're better off. Nothing against one of the women in it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'm just going to leave that one hanging in the air. Take your guesses. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so Camille comes in. She's looking giant. Um... Uh, uh, look, man. Uh, I'm gonna start watching NWA now. I ain't no shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what's this? This thing's gonna be on NWA. This, this is what they're doing over there. They got, they got, they got, they got, they got, they got this, this human being. All right, all right. Like, I don't know, man. I bet she would wreck me, dude. <laughs> How tall is she for real? I don't know. Let's Google it right here. We'll Google it right now. Um, After that, (laughs) Jaden Mark Sterling, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, That was a decent enough. Ah, bro, she's exact. She's supposedly 5'10, which makes her exactly my height. But she looks okay. so much bigger than me. I bet she's still I'm looking at a picture of her now and her muscles. She fucking wrecked my life. Oh my god. I gotta quit alright, we're done. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> um be on Pornhub tonight, like giant women. Search. <laughs> <laughs> uh so let's get to the main event. Cody versus Black The fucking light versus dark, um, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, had the dopest fucking entrance the AEW's ever, ever done, ever, um, like, the dopest fucking entrance, cool fucking mask, cool fucking entrance gear, cool fucking music, I fucking dug it. I don't know what's happening. I'm watching it and I'm like, God damn it. I'm enjoying this shit. What is going on right now? Um, Cody, not to be outdone, has to do the full Cody. Um, oh, yeah. And then proceeds let to me, come let, out. Let, Go ahead. Let me pop in too.
1: Uh, this, I think this whole thing for me suffered for the simple fact and I've said this example before. You know when someone tells you like, oh my god, you gotta go see this movie, it's the best fucking movie I've ever seen. And then you go and you see it and you're like, I mean, it's an okay movie, but like it definitely wasn't the best movie I've ever
2: seen. No, I didn't think it was the best movie I'd ever seen while I was watching it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I, I saw I, I saw a lot of this entrance is the best entrance I've ever seen. Not like you just stated, the best on AEW, but the best entrance I've ever seen. This is so cool. This is awesome. And I watched it. I was like, man, his mask looks fucking sweet. Uh, I can barely hear the music because it's an AEW entrance. And he just kind of walked to the ring. So what were people gushing over? But the it looked cool. But it wasn't like, and then I'm like, eh, I might have just suffered from the best movie ever syndrome.
2: Yeah, you might have caught some of that on it. Um, I enjoyed watching Cody get the shit beat out of him. Me too. Uh, Even more than that, I enjoyed the one foot on the chest pin as he was walking. Didn't Luke Harper do that to him? Ah, I don't know. He might have. Sorry, Birdly. When Black kicked him and started walking over for the pin, I was like, oh my god, I hope he just puts one foot on his fucking chest for this. (laughs) Oh my god, I hope that's what happens. And then he did it, and I was just like, fuck, yes. And I'm, like, watching Black, like, pin this motherfucker with one foot on him, like, oh my god, am I an Aleister Black fan? Mike, I told you, listen, they
1: fucked him. As much as I will sometimes be called out for being a fanboy or a Mark, dude, they fucked him up so bad in WWE.
2: Like, he's doing shit, like, to Cody that I'd never seen him do in WWE. And I'm like, his whole character presentation was super fucking creepy. And I was just like, "Oh my god! I think I'm a fucking fan." Uh, I didn't
1: so, like. I didn't like the boxer style shorts.
2: Uh, I don't. I, I. I. I feel like that's a look that could grow on me, just because I. I. I like when people do something different, like that. Maybe.
1: Uh, I just always thought that his, as far as the aesthetic of the trunks that he always wore, it just worked, and it was just weird to see him. Kind of go the opposite, because it more embraces, like, the actual, like, you know what I mean? Like, less of the weird and more of the legit, and I don't know why, because I just don't feel that that works for him. And it could grow on me. I didn't like it in this instance, especially because he still had on, like, the creepy, like, dragon-scaled, like, kick pads. Yeah. So it kind of clashed for me, but whatever.
2: I I loved everything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just. It was uh, it was an amazing way to debut someone. Uh. Yep. In ring debut someone. So, yep. fucking post match. Tony's in the ring with Cody. They give him a fucking crutch. It's got to be the smallest goddamn crutch in the world.
1: <laughs> it was Marco Stone's uh, crutch.
2: Uh. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> right? That explains <laughs> that. Had that. To be. that explains that. Um. So, Cody starts fucking rambling. He mentions his dad. I don't know if anybody knows, but Dusty Rhodes was his dad.
1: Um, Oh, so, shit. Dusty yeah. Rhodes is... Cody Rhodes is Dusty Rhodes' son?
2: Yeah, I know. Fucking shocker, right? Um... Oh, fuck. So, he had to bring that up, and he rambles like he's going to retire. Um... I want to read a tweet from, uh, Tiger Driver. It's, a uh, Clothing company, an indie Deathmatch clothing company. Okay. Cody doing all this to come back in two months, man. Give it a rest. Like he gonna fucking not come back and wrestle CM Punk. So I thought that was fucking amazing. I thought that I just, was sent, you a, a, yeah, I I just sent you a yeah. I just sent you a gif it's as well. It's fucking hilarious. Let the other guy win. Cuts a promo almost the entire length of the match. Oh, that's fucking great. Um, and that's what it's like, man. It's like out here doing all this. Like, come on, man. Like, we know you're going to come wrestle Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, man. Like, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Come on. Anyway, Black comes back and beats him up some more. I already like him 100% more than I did in WWE. That's my last note. It's the very <laughs> last thing I wrote for my notes.
1: That's what's so frustrating, man. Like, and I know... I remember Daniel and I trying to tell you, like, trust us, he's good, right? You remember that? And yeah. you were like, I know, he just it's generic to me. And I really feel like if this character he was working on right before the release, because I feel like it was probably similar to this, could it actually happen? Maybe you would have turned. I... I'm on this weird, this weird precipice uh, 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 with wrestling, Mike. I did you read that article I sent you?
2: Yeah. What did you think? I thought it's interesting take. Um, it made so, a lot of sense.
1: There's an article. Let me see if I still. If I don't still have it, I'm never gonna find it. And I don't still. Oh yes, I do. Uh, this is on wrestling wrestlingnewsworld Uh what is happening with WWE and the author is basically comparing these releases to how sports teams operate where what did he call it? He called it in wrestling DOR. Draw over I can't find it in the article. This is terrible podcasting. Um basically saying like There's use an example with Bray something, Wyatt.
2: Something new for us.
1: Yeah, he used the example of Bray Wyatt. Like, if you're paying Bray Wyatt a million dollars, and you're paying Alexa Bliss three hundred thousand, and they're making, they're basically getting the same amount of views and YouTube or segment numbers, and they're selling the same amount of merch. Well, then you can cut one and pay one a lot less and get the same, the same benefit. Whereas a sports team might sign a hot, you know, new talent, and they're great for three years and then they get someone else who's putting up the same amount of numbers stats-wise on the field, and they cost them a lot less, so you cut the other guy, right? It all makes right. sense. Well,
2: I essentially, the way I read the article was almost like, um, I don't know if anybody's familiar, uh, if any of our listeners, I'm sure some, some most of you are, uh, the term analytics in regards to sports. Um, yep. Which is basically looking at just like you described it, uh, stats, numbers, pay, versus like things like that. Um, using a lot of things like math and uh, yes, to determine uh, what players fit your scheme. Are money wise, you're getting the best return on your investment. Things like that. Watch Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly... That's so what the whole movie's I, about. And I, that's kind of how I took the article almost, was like applying analytics to... What's the new guy's name? Con, uh, that's in there. Nick Con. Nick Con. Yep. So it's almost like, uh, the way I read it, was that Nick Con is taking an analytics-based approach to running a wrestling company. Yeah, Which is fucking I, interesting. I, the, the author of this
1: I actually speak with, and... He kind of laid this out to me before, and he specifically said, like, Moneyball. And in the article, I did just find it, he says, Speaking of analytics, as mentioned before, Nick Kahn is from the sports world and is familiar with many teams in a statistic called Wins Above Replacement. And then he changed that to Draw Over Replacement. So, it's essentially what we explained. Anyway, I asked the author, I messaged him, I said, So how does this work? Because I don't, I, in my opinion, I understand the logistics of it and everything, but you know, Bray's one of my favorite guys. He's gone. You know, there's all kinds of talk around Adam Cole. And like I told him, I said, what makes me as a fan, why do I want to invest in some of these guys and girls now? Because they could go at any minute. And he's like, well, They're looking at it as like a sports team. They might cut your favorite running back, but you are a fan of, say, the Cleveland Browns, right? So you watch the Cleveland Mm -hmm. Browns. And I said, I don't think that works in pro wrestling. Now, it might have to. What's that? They're overestimating that. See, and that's... See, because here, as as we've said, you know, I'm a big WWE fan. But here's the deal, man. Like... Aleister Black I enjoy and I enjoyed in WWE all these other people that were released I was like yeah whatever you know if they show up on AEW no big deal Aleister Black I'm like ah, it's not a channel turner for me but I'm gonna keep tabs on what he's doing right but now if you add a Daniel Bryanson and then more importantly you add a Bray Wyatt and then an Adam Cole well here's the thing man there's three hours on Monday that I don't necessarily have to invest that I can start watching these guys regularly. You get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, because you've taken all the I people to... I like from
1: Monday. Especially... Right, if I have to cut, if I have to cut something, that's where it's going to cut because it's the biggest chunk and. In... I'm not invested in it like I am an NXT or a SmackDown, right? So now Mm -hmm. AEW has my eyes weekly, and that's where I think there's a problem. So I'm at this, I'm at this like kind of tipping point, and, you know, one or two more of these guys or girls that I really care about, man, you're gonna, we're maybe gonna have to just (laughs) change the format of the show, not really. But you get what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, I think where they're going wrong with it. And like while I like I appreciate the sports based approach to it. Um you also have to look at it like a TV show, man. No, like, I agree. And the you think, you think other... supernatural lasts for fucking fifteen years as a show if you just keep rotating out the three main the two main characters every three years? No. Fuck nope. no, we watched that show for the Winchesters. That's what like that's what wrestling offers in a different, like, form than sports is, like, a long-term character. Uh, and I, I, like, I, it's like you said, man, like, you know, you can't just get rid of people that people are invested in. And
1: here's the thing, could there be a shift, and maybe this is a direction that companies head? I
2: guess, but it's
1: gonna be a weird growing pain, and I just don't see, because these are this isn't like as much WWE's never treated us as sports before. God damn it. They're going to start now. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can start. And
1: when you, when we are, we're telling stories. That's my favorite part. The stories, I love the in ring action, but the stories when they're good are some of the best shit that can be done. And it's just one of those things because it's a long-term thing if you do it right. And it's just, I don't know. I don't see it working. Uh, I hope this might be the end of it, but we'll see. I still have questions about the whole Bray Wyatt thing. Um, I don't know. It's weird. But depending on some of the next few occurrences in the next week or two, month or so, I'm probably going to have to devote more time to AEW, and I just hope the fucking Cody does retire.
2: Damn it. I hate that guy. (laughs) Hmm. Well, you know. The landscape how has do, changed in 2021, uh,
1: my man. How did I go from being a huge Cody Rhodes fan? From let me let me even rephrase that. It's not just you. From being,
2: everybody.
1: let me rephrase it. How did I go from being not so much of a Cody Rhodes fan to being a fan of Stardust? Go figure. To then being a fan of Cody Rhodes, to now almost have to change the channel when he's on unless he's getting his ass kicked.
2: Um, I, I feel like everyone kind of had this thing with Cody, where they were, like, really behind him, and then, like, a year ago, a subtle shift started to change.
1: Because he got where he wanted to get and became a pompous ass? Is that why?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, in other news... Uh, so as you know, I spent the weekend in Indiana for the IWA Mid-South King of the Deathmatch 2021 tournament. This is one of the longest-running deathmatch tournaments in America. Been going on for over 20 years. One of the most prestigious ones. So, uh, we got there really early. We met some people last time we were in Indiana for the matches AWR show. Um... So, we'd also met some people online, so we got there early and posted up, and tailgated. Um, let me tell you about the deathmatch community, man. Uh, you ever see that episode of Workaholics where they go to, uh, the juggalo gathering? It's like, everybody looks insane, but like, if someone trips and falls, everybody runs over, and it's like, hey, are you okay? Do you need help? Here, take a beer, put it on your ankle for the swelling that's exactly what it's like that's exactly what it's like you got all these insane looking people with green mohawks and fucking spike shoulder pads and just like the craziest looking group of people man and they're all hanging out having a good time man and they're not arguing about fucking wrestling They're not fucking arguing about wrestling, man. They're not fucking like, fuck AEW, fuck WWE, fuck this guy. They don't even talk about WWE, man. It doesn't even come up. They don't even mention it. You know why? Because it's not worth their time. They don't even watch the show. They don't care what WWE's doing. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. At best, someone will be like, I don't know, I was thinking about going to a WWE pay-per-view, but the last one I went to wasn't great. And someone would be like, oh man, I went. last one I went to was in 2019. I just haven't really missed it. And that's like the most they say about it. It's fucking crazy. Like no one's hating on shit. Everybody's having a good time. A couple motherfuckers are grilling burgers. Everybody's passing beers and joints and fucking bottles of whiskey and hot dogs it's fucking crazy man and the fucking wrestlers their kids are playing football with each other in the fucking parking lot I threw a fucking football with John Wayne Murdoch and some other wrestler's son I don't know who the other kids and the kids are fucking cool as shit man and it's like a whole family experience and all the wrestlers know the fans except for 440 fuck them they stayed up inside didn't even talk to their own fans but I get it live the gimmick brother live the gimmick um and the online community is insane. Everybody just loves everyone. And there's no hate and vitriol and, like, fuck WWE, fuck AEW, and you fucking retarded if you like this, and you fuck other dudes if you like this. And just shit like that, man. <laughs> and it's, like, and it's just so refreshing, Mike. Like, like, oh, my God, I love wrestling, and I love the wrestling fans again, man. It's so fucking refreshing, Mike. Like, just for me as a human being to, like to like be around fans like that, and it ain't even like, we ain't even talked about the show, bro, they sat me right next to the fucking entrance, right by the fucking entrance, you had to walk by me, every time you wanted to fucking go to the ring, or leave the ring, you had to walk by me, oh my god, I'm all over the fucking DVD, and the fucking download for it, it's fucking crazy, because every guy has to walk by me, Fuck 440, Kevin Giza and Masada had an amazing fucking electric lights match. Holy shit, it was fucking insane. At one point, uh, some uh, who was wrestling Eric Ryan and Orrin Vite in the final. Uh, Eric Ryan won the whole goddamn thing for the second year in a row. Fuck 440, man. He only won because he got help from 440. It's fucking bullshit. I was ringside. I should have interfered and helped Orrin. Um, but <clears throat> these two guys are throwing like light tubes at each other. And I'm standing right there, and I'm like in the background of the fucking video. And like, I got like glass in my fucking Buffalo Trace and Coke. And on my hand was all cut and bloody from the glass. You could see me like throwing glass off of me. Uh, it was fucking crazy, man. It was fucking insane. And it's probably the best time I've ever, ever had at a wrestling show, man. Ever. Like in my life, I made so many friends this weekend. It just, people were just like, I love your fucking energy. Where can I get one of those 740 shirts? Get a hold of me. You can get one of those 740 shirts. DM me. Um, <laughs> and it was a fucking blast, man. And it was so nice to be around like a like a wrestling culture that's positive and like like likes each other and likes the fucking wrestlers and likes the fucking company and are just there to have a good time and fucking watch some dope shit. And not, like, shit hate all on over, everything. man. Fucking hate on yeah. everything. It's so refreshing, man. It's so fucking refreshing. Uh, I had a really good time, and I'm really glad that Deathmatch Wrestling came into my life and made me, like, enjoy wrestling again. Uh, I really, really am. So, that's how my weekend went. Yeah, man, it was great. I met, like, so many awesome people, like uh, my dude John Lebrono. Uh, he's a fucking great guy. He's a blast. Uh, fuck, uh, Stoney Saccone, the deathmatch fucking weed queen. Uh, my dude, Mac Mittens. Uh, fuck, man, I met people that knew of you, Mike, from fucking Twitter. They're like, oh, you do Drive-By <laughs> Wrestling Podcast? I know that, and I'm like, oh, you listen? And they're like, nah, man, but, like, I know you from Twitter. And I was like, you know, my dude, Mike, from Twitter. Dude's Wrestling is Gross Podcast, man. Like, they were fucking awesome guys I met. Um... Man, like, Skip from Grateful Deathmatch. I'm, not going to be forgetting a whole bunch of people, man. But, like, dude, it's, just, like, such a fucking beautiful community, bro. It, like, it, like, it reminded me of, like, like, 2000s, like, band scene and shit where just everybody just looked out for everybody and just, like, loved everyone. And, like, you might have fucking hated that band, but you didn't fucking say a word about it. You're just like, yeah, they ain't bad. Like, it is, it is great, man. It was a fucking refreshing refreshing weekend for me as a wrestling fan and tomorrow that's... to piss my wife off uh <laughs> i am going to unsanctioned pro bash at the fake beach uh, and where i'll be fantastic. meeting up with your cousin brian again um no, i didn't I play say it it it's this unsanctioned way. he'll be there dude my wife was so mad she was like so three out of the last four weekends wrestling shit and i was like hmm <laughs> I didn't plan it like this. I don't have another one until October. I'm so sorry. She was really pissed for a minute, man. Really pissed for a minute. Fair, though. Fair. Fair. <laughs> fair. Uh, fair. But, yeah, that's all I got for this week, man. Tell you what, guys. Get you an IWTV fucking account. Download the app. Uh, and start watching some H2O some unsanctioned some GCW some ICW some AIW some Paradigm some OVW some OWV uh, there's lots of great wrestling out there if you're not feeling what's on TV man you just gotta fucking search for it anyway that's all I got Yeah. and
1: being entertained and enjoying it is what it's all about guys I say it every week It's
2: been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. Uh, You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great rest of your week. Akira wanted a 740 shirt.
0: (laughs) New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at DriveByPod. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network. Until next time, bye!